All right, so good morning, and we'll be in Psalm 91. And while you're turning to Psalm 91, I would just make a pitch that uh, if you have moments uh, in the coming week to kind of reflect on this psalm some more, that you might read the psalm before and the psalm after it uh, because they make a wonderful trio of um, reflecting on the character of God, specifically with how he interacts with us, what he thinks of us, and how he takes, takes care of us. Uh, Psalm 90, for example, I'll just mention a, a couple of verses. Psalm 90, verse 1 says, Lord, you have been our dwelling place in all generations. Before the mountains were brought forth, or ever you had formed the earth and the world, from everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Verse 4 says, For a thousand years in your sight are but a yesterday when it is past, as a watch in the night. You sweep them away as a flood. They're like a dream, like grass that is renewed in the morning. It flourishes and renewed, but in the evening it fades and withers. If you flip to Psalm 92, it says in verse 1, It is good to give thanks to the Lord, to sing praises to your name, O Most High, to declare your steadfast love in the morning, and your faithfulness by night to the music of the loop and the harp and the melody of the lyre. And so, as we've said throughout our study of Psalms, uh, these were made for corporate worship. Uh, these were made to sing. And um, in Psalm 91 is one of those uh, Psalms where uh, a lot of modern day musicians have put the verses down. So uh, as I did with Psalm 34, we're gonna listen to some music today as we go through these verses. By way of organization, I'll mention that between Psalm 1 through, uh, I'm sorry, verse 1 through verse 13, you'll have a speaker speaking, um, say, from the position of wisdom, transmitting wisdom about God to someone that he would be speaking to. The person switches in verse 14 to more like an oracle, almost as if God is speaking himself about the things that he will do. Um, so it's kind of first-person deity uh, voice there. So if you, if you notice that shift, that's, that's what has happened. Uh, the first selection I'm going to play uh, covers the first few ver verses, which I'll read in a moment. And um, I'll just make the point that... Uh, this is by uh, Keith and Kristen Getty. Uh, some of you may fam be familiar with them. Uh, I think they're originally from Ireland, but they've done a lot of work um, to basically uh, make the point that uh, our hymns shouldn't die. In fact, we should probably be writing new hymns. And, you know, pendulum swing in churches and like they do in their culture pendulum swing in church music like they do on the radio. And uh, they did a survey that uh, I think like half of the top 20 songs that you'll find in the typical churches nowadays are from just a handful of mega churches. And you don't hear a whole lot of hymns. Uh, about three weeks ago, the Gettys held a conference in Nashville. Uh, almost 40,000 people came to learn about hymns, to write new hymns, to talk about singing hymns. And another 80,000 worldwide joined on the stream. So uh, we have always had kind of a, 
uh, an offering of uh, old and new. And I think uh, the world is catching up to us again. So uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pleased about that. Uh, most of you that know me, uh, certainly I, I like an upbeat song, but I certainly like the hymns as well. So uh, I'm going to read these first few verses. Verse 1, it says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say to the Lord, my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. For he will deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the deadly pestilence. He will cover you with his pinions and under his wings you will find refuge. His faithfulness is a shield and a buckler. Uh, in verse 4, he will cover you with his pinions. The, these, the, the feathers next to the, uh, on the inside of the bird there. Um, and you'll, you'll find several references. One of the things I found interesting with many of the songwriters is that they would sample various uh, verses uh, in their songs. Um, the first selection, as I said, is from the Gettys, and um, uh, they'll bounce around a little bit, but as we go through the course of the morning, uh, I think you'll catch that overlap and, and, and you'll appreciate that. That last part is because I just can't pass up a string solo. Uh, no, I love that section. Uh, and again, you, you saw that she touched on several other verses and then came back uh, to uh, where her dwelling place is. Uh, the next selection is going to um, 
recap verses 1 and 2 and land a little bit more solidly on verse 4, really highlighting and several of the artists uh, just that imagery of being sheltered under the wings um, uh, came through on several of them. section here and again I've tried to uh, sample some with slightly different musical styles Um, this one was definitely a departure uh, had kind of a jazz feel which I really liked piano there you don't hear that very much either uh, if you uh, go to Spotify and just search Psalm 91 you can get a pretty nice playlist I probably selected from probably close to 15 different songs we're not gonna hear all of them but uh, I would encourage you to do that if, if, um, if that's a, a service that you use uh, one of the top hits you'll get is by a group called Shane and Shane and uh, uh, there's a, a portion of the selection Uh, I'm going to play highlights verses three and four, but they also do something which we've talked about scripture doing, and I wanted to to make a point of that. We've talked about how often, uh, especially in the New Testament, uh, you don't get footnotes, you don't get uh, sometimes full quotes. Every now and then you'll, you'll see a full verse that's quoted, but very often you just get a reference and Uh, In just a few phrases of this, you'll hear several scripture references um, that he pulls into the context of Psalm 91, which are found elsewhere. In Matthew 13, verses 41 through 43, uh, this is a section where Jesus is explaining the parable of the sower. But there's a verse there in verse 43, it says, then the righteous will shine like the sun in the kingdom of their father. And you'll hear that phrase about shining like the sun. A famous passage from Isaiah 40, 31, the one that says, they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. Uh, you'll hear a reference to eagles. And then Psalm, I'm sorry, Isaiah 51, where it says, uh, I've put my words in your mouth and covered you in the shadow of my hand. And they talk about being in the palm of God's hand. And so I think it's, it's really excellent when uh, songwriters uh, can, can really pull in uh, almost like one little Sunday school lesson uh, uh, to amplify what they're talking about.
harmony it gets me <laughs> every time uh just i could listen to that little section on repeat for sure i probably couldn't talk afterwards but i could listen to it verse five you will not fear the terror of the night that made me think of um most of the time the terrors of the night are in our dreams and usually um you know, the, our worries don't usually happen. Our brains are capable of worrying about way more things than reality usually can come up with. Um, when, you not, when you will not fear the terror of the night, that's what I think about. And then it says, nor the arrow that flies by day, which might be the, the actual threat. So nor the pestilence that stalks in the darkness, those things that we... Uh, are really aware of the or the destruction that wastes at noonday. Verse seven and several um, several of the songwriters uh, focus on this verse. A thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Uh, here we see images of God's power, um, his omnipotence. A thousand, no big deal. Ten thousand, no big deal. But all at the hand, it says, you'll just look and see the recompense of the wicked. Uh, you'll see not vengefulness, not, you know, some 
God of history that just pitches a fit, but this is a God that uses his power to handle justice. And that's, you know, you see such a balance in this, in this passage. You see a loving, caring God who's going to shelter you with the wings, but then you see a, a super powerful God that, you know, with a, a flick of the wrist, uh, takes care of either 1,000 or 10,000, all on the basis of justice. I'm going to play a section um, from a group called the Sons of Korah who have made their um, goal to uh, sing through many of the psalms. And uh, several of the, when I, when I kind of did a search, uh, many of them were doing uh, their version of uh, one of these songs. Um, so I'll try to pick it up as they head into about verse 5 if you want to follow along. Verse 9, because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High, who is my refuge, no evil shall be allowed to befall you, nor plague come near your tent. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard in all your ways. Remember this verse uh, that was thrown at Jesus uh, by Satan in a manipulative way, of course. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You will tread on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent you will trample underfoot. Um, certainly a poetic language there. Um, I don't think uh, any of us want to test the angels to see if they're going to bear us up, nor test the uh, Snake, or um, one uh, one writer changed it to cobra. I guess it it rhymed better. <laughs> um, the young lion and the serpent, uh, and I think in this version, um, instead of serpent, they say dragon, which I thought was cool. Uh, this uh, artist, I thought, had an interesting bio. And said, uh, hi there, I'm a Christian pastor living in Ogden, Utah, home of the Wasatch Mountains, the Utah Jazz, 
and a large number of well-dressed men on bicycles and a very small number of evangelical Christians. I thought that was was pretty good. A number of well-dressed men on bicycles. That's good. All right, let me get over here. So pick up around verse 9. Verse 14. Um, by the way, um, I think it's, it's interesting. What, this is a fairly complex song, uh, complex psalm, rather. Uh, the, the artists that tried to tackle it and to do the whole thing, um, it wound up being about six and a half minutes, which is not exactly radio friendly uh, <laughs> or Sunday school friendly necessarily, uh, but uh, it's just, there's, there's a lot there. There's a lot there. And, uh, you know, even doing just snippets here and there, you know, we're going to spend uh, probably 20 or so minutes, uh, mostly of music, uh, to, to get it. So verse 14, and again, we have this shift in voice. Like I said, now, now it's God talking. Verse 14, it says, Because... He holds fast to me in love. I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls to me, I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. I think the thing that struck me as I read this passage was how extremely personal this is. If you go through um, much doctrine as you compare different religions, um, there, there are very few faiths that have any sort of a personal, where there's a personal God at all. Uh, Christianity is essentially unique in that regard. 
Um, the Eastern religions, of course, the best you can hope for is to uh, uh, become one with the universe when you die. Um, or as some people say, uh, you're just a dew drop and one day you'll wind yourself back into the ocean. It's hard to get excited about that, frankly. <laughs> um, very few faiths even give you much of a hope for the afterlife. Um, and in some ways, uh, the afterlife is looked at as some sort of uh, compensation for the grief that you endured here. But only Christianity, only God says, I'm going to remake everything. I'm going to not only fix it, I'm going to put it the way I intended. And you're all going to be a part of it. Nobody else says that. And nobody else says, I will protect him because he knows my name. And the flip side of that is, he knows ours. Um, so we'll close with this. Um, and then if you have any comments, uh, I'll be happy to uh, entertain them. This picks up uh, around verse 14. When God's not around, we tend to be afraid. Yet when God shows up, he says, fear not. I think that's interesting. All right. Psalm 91 in song. Uh, a little bit different, but uh, fun to do for a change. Um, what do you think? Any comments? So it means that we should know 
in the Bible. So when he kills us one way, we know he's not telling the truth. I, that's a great point. We have a well-informed adversary who probably knows, no probably to it, who knows enough to tell us just enough truth to sneak in so that we might also buy the lie. And uh, so your point about knowing our scripture so that we can detect that, I think it's an excellent one. Anyone else? All right. Well, thank you for uh, indulging uh, uh, in a little music today. And uh, so we'll close. And next week, uh, I'll be looking at Psalm 139, uh, one of my favorites. Father, we thank you that you are all of the things that this psalmist says. You are our refuge. You are a place that we can come to for safety. You are a place where we can get our night terrors taken care of and our daytime worries taken care of. And that ultimately you're a personal God who calls us by name and who upon we can call by name to receive your salvation. We thank you for Jesus through whom you make it all happen. In his name I pray. Amen. Thanks everybody. Thank you.